Welcome to the Illuminate Orthodontic Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Chris Seta. I'm so excited to see many of you at the AAO annual session this weekend. If you'll be in Miami, be sure to sign up for our Illuminate Live listening party, sponsored by Grin, Lightforce Ortho, and Embrace. Grab a cocktail and come experience the podcast in person this Saturday, May 21st at 5.30. Request your tickets today at illuminateorthopodcast.com slash Miami or by dropping by the Embrace, Lightforce, or Grin booth. We're looking forward to seeing you there. Now, without further ado, we're on to this brand new episode. I'm extremely passionate about post-orthodontic care. And, you know, it's the least sexy part of orthodontics. We're not talking about case starts. We're not talking about self-legating hoo-hoos that distalize at 40 miles an hour. Like, there's nothing sexy about retainers. But there is something actually very sexy from a business challenge about lifetime value of this customer. I'm Dr. Chris Seta, and I'm shining a light on the innovators of our profession. Welcome to the Illuminate Orthodontic Podcast. On today's show, my guest is Dr. Blair Feldman. Most orthodontists would agree that orthodontic retention is for a lifetime. Let's face it, shift happens and who isn't aware of relapse, whether it's the dental variety or the all-orthodontist cover band. While most of us provide complementary retainers at the end of treatment, certainly one set won't last an entire lifetime. And while many of us offer an in-house retainer program, what happens after your patient leaves for college or moves out of state? Ordering a retainer should be as simple as a click-and-ship approach, so it shows up on your doorstep just like everything else. Today I'm thrilled to feature not just an orthodontic innovator, but a fellow podcaster in Dr. Blair Feldman. Blair has such a witty sense of humor, and this episode was a blast to record. As you'll hear on today's show, after 20 years of running two successful orthodontic offices in the Scottsdale area, Blair decided to sell his practices to pursue a new entrepreneurial venture focused around retainers. Well, welcome to the podcast, Blair. How are you today? I am great. That was, that was a nice introduction. So why don't you tell everyone where we're at? So we're at the winter meeting in Orlando, and it feels like winter, right? Today so it's it appropriate. Like, it is appropriate. Yeah, it's about 40 degrees. It is. Great to be here. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. And I think it's the first AAO, which we established with the last episode, since COVID in person. They yeah, the it's, virtual, it's weird so. seeing people and like mask up, mask down, and you walk into a place, nobody's wearing a mask. And you're like, oh, okay, I guess I'll take it down. Like, you know, it's, yeah, it's, it's a whole a, level of like social Trying to figure judgment. that all out, right? Right, right. Yeah, exactly. Well, we have a cocktail today. We're drinking different cocktails out of a, the special uh, limited edition Illuminate uh, cocktail glasses now. This is amazing. Yeah, I love it. Thank you, by the way. Oh, my pleasure. So um, what's your cocktail? What are you drinking there? The uh, Yokohama Selfie, which is an ancient Jewish family recipe. At, uh, <laughs> is it now? Yeah. No. Uh, I, is there Manischewitz it, in there? It's a shot of Manischewitz and a shot of guilt and, uh, and then just salt, <laughs> like tons of salt. 
they have a lovely sushi restaurant. I don't know if you've been there upstairs. Yeah, and, and, yeah, it's and, very nice. And I had this the other night, and I enjoyed it so much that I decided I'd order it today. What do you yeah, got? Very you got good. A Negroni. This is a yeah. This is a classic Negroni. So equal parts uh, gin, Campari, sweet vermouth. Uh, I don't know what gin they used, but it, it is a lovely drink, nice and refreshing. So. Gin's nice. Gin's nice. I mean, yeah. we were talking about this one. I think that was your go-to. Your other one was rum. Mine rum, was yeah. bourbon. Yeah, exactly. Right. And now you know all our cocktail preferences. (laughs) Podcast over. That's right. Thank you very much. (laughs) Thanks. Have a great day. (laughs) Well, this is going to be a fun episode. I've known Blair for a couple years now. I was uh, lucky enough to be on his podcast, which we're going to talk about here in a second. Yes. But I want to learn a little bit more about you and your backstory. I believe you grew up in the Chicago area. Is that right? So I believed I was growing up in Chicago. My wife, who's from Chicago, the South Side, told me I wasn't. She told me I was from the Chicago suburbs, and that ruined for the rest of our marriage. Like, I don't even know who I am or where I'm from. But I grew up in a suburb called uh, Arlington Heights, Buffalo Grove, Northwest suburb, which I've heard now is considered part of the North Shore. But if you're listening and, like, you're in the North Shore, like, you're Deerfield Highland Park, you're one of those neighborhoods, you're like, no, it's not. I mean, there's, like, equivalents, I think, in New Jersey, New York, like, these fancier, affluent areas. It wasn't. When I grew up, Buffalo Grove literally had Buffalo. Um, which sort of dovetailed with my wife telling me I wasn't from Chicago that, you know, I I agreed. So you did your undergrad? So I did undergrad at Michigan. Okay. Blue. There's a few guys out there. And then uh, dental school at Penn and uh, then U of D Mercy for ortho and then on to Scottsdale, Arizona. Yeah. So backing up a bit here, when did you meet your wife? Because I know she's a dentist. Yeah. So I met my wife literally on the first day of my orthodontic residency. Her and a friend came through the orthodontic clinic. They said they were seeking out meat. Fresh meat, I think, is what she referred to. <laughs> if you know who I am, I'm 5'10", I'm balding. I haven't changed much. I've probably put on 20 pounds since my orthodontic residency. She went through the clinic. She described me as her height. She's 5'2". Blonde hair. I've never had blonde hair in my life. <laughs> and like I think she said muscular or something. I was none of those things. But nobody fit that bill. So she literally landed on me. And she said that she connected to me because I did a Chicago impression of her of her dad when I heard she was from Chicago. And she had a very thick accent from Chicago at that mm-hmm. time. And she said that just melted her heart. And now we're married, I guess. No, I know we're married. <laughs> I guess, but I, but that's, yeah. I guess that's what worked. Yeah, you don't really have a Chicago accent. Thank you. But Thank you could put one on. Apparently. I could put one on. The Chicago Bears are the number one team. <laughs> Everyone eats submarine sandwiches before they go to the game. And, that sounds uh, like Mike Ditka. Yeah, Mike Ditka was our, our, he's he's a legend. You know, he's <laughs> a, he's a hero to every Chicago boy and girl. That's yeah. so funny. Yeah. So that was what she, what I said. I, I think I said something exactly like that, and she's like, <gasps> "My family." You know, and then we got married. Let's back up to the UPenn days because I understand a relatively famous, if you will, orthodontist was your classmate. There was actually several well-known orth. I feel lucky. Of the people that I was around. So I'll rattle off names. I'm going to brag here, right? So I went okay. to school with Jonathan Nicosesis. I went with Dave Boshkin. Never heard of him. Yeah, never heard Alex of Waldman. I mean, these people um, were just every Neil uh, Kravitz, I think, was a year or two behind me. Oh, wow. I mean, these were all pen people. And uh, I don't think any of them will admit that they went to school with me. But Jonathan, <laughs> it was the closest. We literally, we were in this apartment building called 2400 Chestnut. Mm-hmm. And we called it the Nut, affectionately. And uh, we had this corner, like our room was was here and Jonathan's room was here and ours was dirty and stinky and Jonathan's was clean and immaculate. <laughs> and we used to watch Baywatch together and discuss Baywatch. I mean, that was Baywatch. like controversial in those days. And, and did, he, did he have his ascot on? And he like, always you know, had an ascot. Yeah. A glass of wine. A glass of wine, like, you yeah. know, held like, you know, gently in his hand <laughs> and, you know, chin slightly, you know, up a little bit, looking down <laughs> the nose at everybody. I'm and, sorry, Jonathan. We love you. Yeah. I, I adore Jonathan. He really... He's amazing, and I love what he's been able to do through teaching. And he was he was the teacher to me. I mean, he mm-hmm. knew he wanted to be an orthodontist. I wasn't sure at that time. And Jonathan has always been an educator. He like he's a sharer. Really? He's a giver. Yeah, he really is. 
He's always wow. been like that. I mean, like, that's the thing that I think people might wonder, you know, wow, like I know Jonathan now and, you know, I've seen his whatever Hollywood model wife, um, you know, in this life that he has. But he was kind of always like had that things were going to go, you know, that, that mystique way. about him. I right? was always that's jealous, envious of that confidence that he had. He has amazing confidence. I'm always envious of that. What was Dave Boshkin like back in the day? Dave Boshkin was great. I mean, yeah. these guys were all amazing people. It's fun to connect. It's fun to see the arcs of their different careers, you know, education, you know, company work, you know, some of these other things. It, it was really cool to see what orthodontists can do in the orthodontic space. And this podcast is an example of that, right? And you're being an inventor is an example of that. Like you can do a lot of cool things. I mean, I, I different stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, I tell my kids all the time, like orthodontics is really cool. Like there's so much you can do in this space, you know, in addition to the amazing things that we do every day, of, you know, taking care of smiles. Like being a wet finger orthodontist. Yeah. I told Chris, I have a problem with wet fingered orthodontist. First of all, I do wear gloves. I, just I don't know if you do. Saying. I, yeah. I, 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 I wear no. gloves. So, I mean, you know, I, I guess I'm not a wet fingered orthodontist. I'm a wet glove orthodontist. <laughs> yeah. And then I, I always wanted the next like thing that goes to my mind and I'm like nuts like this is do people the proctologists say that to each other like <laughs> when they have the proctology podcast are they yeah. like are you a wet fingered proctologist <laughs> and then they hold it up and they're like I guess so <laughs> oh we've gone off course very yeah. quickly <laughs> <laughs> oh man Let's bring it back. So you sort of did your education in Chicago, Michigan, out to Pennsylvania. What brought you guys to Arizona? The weather. The weather. Okay. <laughs> Done. End of podcast again. So, you know, of, <laughs> so uh, yeah, uh, my parents had moved out there. My dad has kind of an interesting story. He was an uh, in-house attorney for McDonald's Corporation in oh, Chicago. No and uh, McDonald's went through, right about when I was finishing dental school, they went through sort of a forced retirement of, of some of their higher-ups, actually a big group of higher-ups. And we sort of affectionately referred to Scottsdale, Arizona as like witness relocation for ex-McDonald employees. <laughs> like my dad would be like, oh, we're going out with so-and-so. And I was like, wait, they're here? He's like, yeah, they live down the street. I was like, oh, that's crazy. And then there was another one down the street. And I was like, half the people that he worked with lived somewhere oh, wow. in Scottsdale area. So they moved out there. We tried Arizona, found a, a nice job with a very nice orthodontist who was a little older. And my wife makes fun of me. She's like, we actually wanted to go to California, but I got lazy and I stopped like before I could get there. And that's been the theme of our, of our marriage. <laughs> there you go. Well, right? Perfect. Right. So what year did you set up shop out there? So okay. that would be 2001. Yeah. So I finished okay. uh, Penn 99. Penn had this neat program where they would give you a dual degree if you were interested. And I figured, hey, a free degree from an Ivy League school. So I got a master's in education, which is something I'm very passionate about. Oh, I really, yeah. that, I, I'm I interested in education, that. the philosophy, the the practice of it. My mom's a, a longtime kindergarten teacher. So oh, I really cool. believe in that. So I, I got that while I was there. And then I went to Detroit and uh, studied orthodontics. And then 2001, we moved out. And uh, 2002, we got married. And so this year is uh, 20 years. We're calling this 120 for us. So mm-hmm. I turn 50, Colleen turns 50, and 20-year anniversary together, 120. So go figure out a gift for that. That's going to be a tough one. Oh, yeah, thank you. Something big. Yeah. Yeah. Please, suggestions below, uh, comment box, please. Yes, exactly. Because <laughs> I'm, I'm clueless. <laughs> now, you set up uh, two locations, right? I laugh. I feel like I've sort of done everything in, in practice life. I bought a practice. I sold a practice. I built a practice. I transitioned uh, two practices and I've been an employee. So, and I've taught. So I feel like I've kind of done a little bit of everything in yeah. ortho. So the, I first started, I bought a practice, nice guy, interesting practice. He was an older guy and subsequently passed away like two years later. But he was a cool guy. He had amazing stories about him, but I just didn't know this guy in this way. Everyone talked about him as like this larger than life orthodontist who was a pilot. And this, when I knew him, he could barely get out of his chair. Like, oh, you know, no. so. 
but they appreciated me. I appreciated them, but I really mm-hmm. got to transition patients from sort of a staff run practice, you know, where the staff mm-hmm. sort of can, is taking over to help this doctor to actually a, like sort of a well run, you know, patient care, patient focused sort of practice. So that yeah. I really learned a lot. I, I learned probably most of what I know about orthodontics in those first few years, transitioning those patients. Gotcha. And then from there, you did maybe a de novo startup? And then I did a startup. There was a new-ish community starting like way northwest in Phoenix called Surprise. And it was like, where are the patients? Surprise! You know? <laughs> um, and uh, started a practice out there. I was the first full-time orthodontist in that area. And uh, that was a fun practice. And, and ultimately, I sold the Phoenix practice to a, a great orthodontist, and I kind of developed the surprise practice. And then in 2019, I sold that last surprise practice to a, another great orthodontist, and he did an amazing things. He took that practice from where it's at and really grew, and it's been fun to watch what he's been doing with that practice. Oh, that's awesome. So at this point, you're still practicing one day a week, right? So right now, yes. I'm currently okay. practicing one as day a week. As an associate. As a so wet so we orthodontist, yes. yes. <laughs> um, and, wet finger. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I mean, kidding. orthodontist. Is so cool, and and I feel like at different stages you find so many amazing things about it. You know, there's sort of a rhythm to it. There's sort of a way you look at people and faces and think about treatment plans. And you know, I feel like I'm at a stage where it's it's comfortable, and I have a great pediatric dentist that I work for. Okay, and it's a neat practice. And then I'm focusing on my other stuff too the rest of the time. So Blair, let me ask you this: You've bought a practice, sold a practice, done a startup, been an associate. What's your favorite modality or what? Uh, you know, it's funny. It's, I think it's sort of evolutionary over time. And I don't think I could have done some of the things I did then that I did now. Like a good friend of mine in New Jersey is building a practice now and he's built a practice before. And I remember the um, designer asked him, take a guess at how much you think a practice bill that's going to cost today. Cause she had done one with him. And I think his first practice, maybe 10, 15 years ago was like 350 grand ish mm-hmm. to build it out. And so he figured, I'm going to double it. He told me what he was thinking in his head. I was like, I'm going to say 700 and she's going to tell me I'm nuts. Like, that's too much. And so he goes, I don't know, 700,000. And she laughed and he goes, I know it's less, right? She goes, no, no, no. I think you're looking at a million. I was in the same boat as him when I built out my practice in Surprise. It was, I don't my memory is like, it was like Mm 350-ish to build out. And it seemed like a lot of money in time, but... You know, I can't imagine doing that now for a million dollars. You really have to put a lot more business knowledge and thinking into, you know, how am I going to, how am I going to pay this off? You know, those are, those are tough questions to answer. And now with everything going on in in the orthodontic space, you have a lot more choices too. So I don't think I would have, if I was starting now as a resident, I don't think I would be doing that same, you know, progression, Mm -hmm. um, except for. I do think it's really nice to buy a practice from an orthodontist because you get so much out of it. Besides the space, it's the goodwill, it's the lessons, it's the team. And whether you change out the entire team or keep the team that's there or change out the floor coloring or the laminates or the chairs, I mean, those are all cool. Like, But the business is there, the presence is there. That's really important. Yeah. I think maybe from a younger doc's perspective, what's so difficult now is a lot of the more senior docs are selling to the OSOs and DSOs, Right. right? Right. So. So that's the challenge is finding a more senior doc that's willing to sell to a young orthodontist, right? Yeah, I get asked a lot, how did I find the doctor that I sold to? And honestly, it was my Invisalign rep. Um, I had a great relationship with my Invisalign rep. And of course, she had a vested interest at the time in putting a doc in who Mm -hmm. likes Invisalign. And she was the hero. I mean, I worked with great companies, Kane Waters and their transition team. and Mm -hmm. But ultimately, she was the one who found the doctor who took over the practice. And it was a great. I mean, she knew me better than Kane Waters did. She knew what would be a good fit. And she did an amazing job. When we come back in just a moment, how Blair develops an idea to allow orthodontists to outsource their retainers, and how he and his friend eventually partner to make Retainer Club a reality. Stay with us. You're listening to the Illuminate 
Orthodontic Podcast. Kind support for this podcast comes from 3M Oral Care. Have you heard of the latest innovation from 3M Orthodontics? The all-new 3M Clarity Aligners Flex Material features five layers of flexibility and excellent force persistence and is suited for movements of rotation and proclination. The new material complements the legacy 3M Clarity Aligners Force Material to offer truly customized treatment designs throughout a single treatment plan. And with the 3M Oral Care Portal, advanced treatment design is at your fingertips. To explore how you can start enjoying more choice than ever, or to request a demo, please visit 3M.com slash Clarity Aligners. Welcome back to our conversation with Dr. Blair Feldman. Well, I want to talk about some more modern times here. So I know you have a really great company that you came out with. And I think I shared with you when I was on your podcast that I had a similar idea in residency. And at the time, I think I was calling it like a retainer insurance or retainer plan. But tell everyone about Retainer Club. Yeah. So first of all, I'm extremely passionate about post-orthodontic care. And, you know, it's the least sexy part of orthodontics. We're not talking about case starts. We're not talking about self-legating hoo-hoos that distalize at 40 miles an hour. Like, there's nothing <laughs> sexy about retainers. But there is something actually very sexy from a business challenge about lifetime value of this customer. And if, mm-hmm. if we're okay to use the word customer for patients, like, I know that's controversial in itself. Mm-hmm. But if we can call it a customer, we can call patients customers, you know, we get two great years with the patients. And everybody that's listening is like a 4.8 star on Google and Yelp Orthodox. Everyone does a great job. Everyone takes sure. good care of patients. Yeah. What happens afterwards is really where it gets interesting. Like, mm-hmm. And that's where the point two comes as usually as people are mad is that they call up the office, you know, a week, a month, six months after ortho's finished, and they say, you know, Johnny lost his retainer, you know, I need to replace it. And they're like, no problem, it's $450, and it's going to be two visits. And patients are like, middle finger, hang up the phone, see you later. And guess what happens? Johnny's teeth move, and guess who they blame? The orthodontist. They they blame the orthodontist, right. So that whole vicious circle, and now there's a new component to that circle. Guess who's shouting in their ear and showing up on everything they see on, on the internet? Direct consumer, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, direct consumer shows up and listen, they've got the best marketers out there telling them you can do this easier. You can do this more affordably. You can do this from home. It's a strong, powerful message. And as orthodontists, if we don't listen to that message, we have to listen to that message. If we don't think about it, at least you don't have to have a solution per se, although I think we offer a great solution. But if you don't even think about it and have an answer in your office of why your program's better, Mm -hmm. They're going to get in the ear of these patients and provide a solution that you don't want them to provide. So one of the things we feel like we're doing is we've helped orthodontists through Retainer Club Mm -hmm. maximize the benefits of this post-orthodontic phase. We call it phase three of orthodontics. Mm -hmm. Everything that happens from the end of phase two orthodontics the rest of their life. When Whether you believe it or not, I met a cute doctor at the meeting that said something interesting. I said, oh, do you have a post-orthodontic probe in your office? He says, no, I don't need it. I do it right the first time. (laughs) <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> so listen, if you're that kind of doctor out there and you do, you do it all right the first time, um, good for you and you can tune out and you don't need me. Um, but if you've ever had a case that's had relapse, if you've ever had to prepare for that court case, right? Mm-hmm. Your treatment coordinator says, hey, guess what? Little Chris is back and, and Chris's mom thinks you didn't do a good job on orthodontics and you need to treat her again for free. And, and of course, you go in with this court case and your job is to prove that Chris did not wear his retainer. Mm-hmm. And Chris's mom's job is to prove that you didn't do a good job as an orthodontist and you have to treat him again for free. And it's a terrible business problem because oh, yeah. the reality is, you're not going to win. You're going to lose either way, right? Mm. So 
as a retainer club provider, as a partner, what we call them, we feel like we help orthodontists extend that amazing relationship through easy, affordable online replacement of retainers. And so our goal is huge, right? We want to help orthodontists kind of create this hybrid environment where it's in office for treatment, Mm -hmm. the best place to have an orthodontist, not doing it through some direct consumer company. But if it just need retainer replacement, they can do it through this online hybrid method. And our partners do that. And they're having great success doing it. It's, it's really fun to watch. So if I had a patient in the office, right, we're ready for D-bond. I assume we're going to take a scan, right, with brackets on? Good question. Two interesting parts. One, we only take scans. So the whole revelation of this process came in my office. We were early adopters of scanners. I'm totally a tech junkie. And we realized that when we were doing scans and 3D printing and making these retainers in the office, I almost never had a retainer that didn't fit. It was just so accurate. It wasn't based on how well she takes impressions or he takes impressions or how well I pour it up in stone or suck it. A lot of the variables were now taken out. So what's interesting about that is that now a retainer is a commodity, right? Anybody Mm -hmm. can make a well-fitting retainer as long as they have that technology. So now it's about adding service and value for the orthodontist. And that's where we really do something that's different. And your story's cute about coming up with, with re- and I'm not saying the story's cute. I'm not trying to be diminutive. What I'm saying is I hear it all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, I hear every time I talk to orthodontists, they're like, I have the same idea. That was my idea. Or I have a million other ideas. And I'm like, I bet you do. Orthodontists are amazing people. It was pretty cute. Come on. No, it wasn't cute. <laughs> it's, it, was in, it was intelligent and genius and brilliant. Um, but the difference is I had to partner with a former patent attorney and uh, the CEO of a company that this guy grew from $10 million to a billion dollars in three years. Mm-hmm. And it was that melding of my sort of idea, which is just like your idea, with his you know, experience in the, in the space and how to really make it a value for the orthos, a value for the patient, and a value for the company. Win, 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 which is what we always talk about. If you can do that, then you've actually got something that you can execute on and really deliver to the patient. And that's what we sure. feel like we've done. So when you came up with the idea, did you look into patenting this yourself or having someone sign an NDA and bring it to a company? Or I know you have your business partner, Craig, who we'll mention here in a second. Did you go to him first with it? So it's funny. I started telling you this story. So I've known Craig for 22 years. He's my one of my best friends in Phoenix. And I've been watching Craig's interesting trajectory from patent attorney to CEO. And it was more of a conversation that happened when Craig was finishing up his role as CEO. And I was telling him about a program we were doing in our office. And when I talk to docs and I say, you know, what, do you have a post-orthodontic program? I hear a lot of yeses. I hear like, oh, we do retainers for life or do retainer insurance, free retainers forever. Mm-hmm. Um, by now, you know, I sort of feel like I'm an expert in the retainer space. I can tell you the goods and bads and I can tell you where your staff's having a problem and I can tell you where your patients are having a problem. The biggest one for patients is they don't like homework. But don't give me an arch and tell me, as long as you keep it, you bring it in and, and I'll replace it. That's a gym membership, right? Mm. They're hoping you don't use it. It's got all this homework. We believe in a service model where we're servicing these patients. We're helping them to maintain those smiles. First of all, digital scan. Second of all, we can do any sort of common lab things. We have incredible technology. We can remove braces. We can block out retainers. We can add a Pontic, all that cool oh, virtual stuff. That's actually something I've learned along the way. That's basically falls into the category of digital design. And there's a lot of great companies out there doing that. Okay. We do it in a couple of unique ways to make it easier, faster, more efficient. Um, but it really was a conversation with Craig. I didn't search for patents, although it's funny. We have, I think, four patents right now on some of the products and things that we do. Congrats. But I also got a whole education on what's trade dress, what's patentable. Mm -hmm. Um, There's really not much patentable in what we do so that it becomes about service. It becomes about, you know, doing it different and better than everybody else and, Mm -hmm. and then creating raving fans along the way. Yeah, which is great. So getting back to sort of uh, a specific walkthrough of the service. So say I'm an orthodontist, want to debond a patient. Yep. 
obviously we get the scan that goes up to the cloud, I assume. Mm-hmm. So we're going to on the ITAR or whatever, we're going to sign it to retainer club. Right. Right. And then I believe you guys provide the first set of retainers for your partners free, right? Right. So the question comes in, you know, there's a few common questions when we start explaining the retainer club program. The first is what's in it for the orthodontist, right? Mm-hmm. So there's several things. There's three main things. The first one is we make the end of treatment Essex style retainer for free. So however you're making that in the office, now it's costing you something. And that money from the orthodontic treatment's already been spent a long time ago. So this mm-hmm. is now is a new cost. And it also takes space and time in your office. And it's also often dependent, if you're doing it in office, on the person who knows how to do it, which we know in this day and age, first of all, it's tough hiring. Um, mm-hmm. It's tough maintaining employees. And then there's COVID. Like what if, you know, Susie, we like to refer to her, what if Susie's out? All of a sudden you can't do, you know, retainers for these patients. And what mm-hmm. if Susie holds all the knowledge in your office of how to use your retainers, how to make your retainers? It's difficult to keep the quality high and satisfy those patients. We joke sometimes, you know, about this concept of outsourcing. Like, what Mm -hmm. should you outsource in your office? Yeah. You don't make your own toothbrushes. You don't make your own dental chairs, although I know orthodontists that probably do. I used to say you don't make your braces, but I heard, you know, one of your podcast episodes where you can make your own braces. So that's super cool for, you know, the right, you know, office. And I, and I do think it's amazing. I mean, orthodontists, I think in general, are amazing. Dentists are amazing. We do cool stuff every yeah. single day. But um, we believe that you should outsource things if someone can do it cheaper, if they can do it better, with better quality, faster, and a better experience. If they can do some of those things, it's probably a good idea to outsource. Yeah. So you can focus on what's profitable in your office. I and mean, we've got some interesting partners. One of my favorite ones to talk to is Donna Galante. I don't know if you mm-hmm. know that name from Invisalign. Donna teaches me stuff about my program that we created. And she said, I can't charge enough for a retainer. And usually it comes with a negative experience when they come in. They come in to show me a retainer because something's wrong, something's moved. And then it's, again, back to that court case, that negotiation. She's like, I would rather outsource it to an expert, rather have somebody else do it so I can focus on treatment. And she also told me that she really felt this downward price pressure from her markets telling her she has to charge less, she has to charge less. Well, what's a smart way to handle it when you decide, okay, I'm going to charge less? Take away some of the service or outsource it so somebody can do it cheaper, better, faster, with a better experience than you can do. We've learned a lot over the time from our partners. So our program starts with the free end of treatment retainer. What's the exchange? The exchange is you sign that patient up through our portal for a future paid plan that starts in six months. The paid plans are very consumer friendly. $99 for one set, $149 for two, $199 for three. What it is, they're consumer friendly numbers. It's it's familiar to the patient. Yeah. Again, it's that you know, I don't want you to go to Smile Direct Club. I don't want you to leave my office, hang up the phone and basically look at Smile Direct Club or look at a direct consumer company mm-hmm. and try and figure out, you know, how do I satisfy my needs? I want them to come back to your office. Right. I want them to use your office's services and I want them to come back to the orthodontist when they need orthodontic treatment. The other thing real quick is that I feel like one of the platforms I stand on is orthodontists give away too much for free. Dodging tomatoes, flying at me. No, we don't. Yes, we do. Oh, I definitely do that. Everyone does. I mean, orthodontists are like the nicest people in the world. I had a, a friend in New York City that told me, she's an orthodontist, she told me, she does unlimited retainer visits. And I said, unlimited? First, unlimited. First of all, I said, that's what I said. I was like, unlimited? Why? <laughs> and, you know, it's the nice side of orthodontics. They, they care about their work. They stand behind their work. They want to give something to these patients. But none of our specialist colleagues are doing anything remotely close to that. Your oral surgeon charges for the exam. You don't charge for the exam. You do panels for free. You do scans for free. You do end of treatment appointments for free. Yeah. I mean, I looked at my own, you know, uh, treatment notes on many cases and I saw that I was seeing them two, three, five, seven times, eight times without ever charging them anything. I saw a profitable case turn completely non-profitable 
because of retention. Yeah. I mean, it's so here's the, here's what I like to hear at the end of orthodontic treatment as from the orthodontist. So congratulations, Chris, you just finished your orthodontic treatment. As you know, retainers are a really important part of your treatment. That's what's going to maintain your smile. And of course your investment in orthodontic treatment, the best thing to do is replace them periodically. We recommend once a year, at least once a year. Mm -hmm. And to make that easier for you, we partnered with retainer club. So we've given you great orthodontic results, right? You're happy. Mm -hmm. Great. Of course. And we've given you a retainer that fits, right? And we've given you a membership, a free membership to Retainer Club, right? So today's your last mandatory visit. You're welcome to come see us anytime you want. Of course, our office visit fee is $150. And, um, you know, come back whenever you need to see us and, and we're here for you. That's something you don't hear in orthodontics. You usually hear like, oh, I want to see you in eight weeks. I want to see you in 12 weeks. And then I'm going to see you four weeks after that. And make sure you bring your retainers and I'm going to check it. And every time what comes in, they're like, yeah, I love my teeth. Everything's great. My retainers go, but can you move this tooth? Like here, like a little bit, just a little bit. Like I need a little movement in your teeth. And, and you multiply that times however many patients you have in your practice. Now, all of a sudden, you have a highly inefficient practice. Yeah. So speaking of which, uh, what happens if you get a patient that's maybe three years out of uh, in retention and... They order a retainer from Retainer Club and it's either not fitting or, you know, they feel like their teeth are shifting. Like, what do you guys do in, in that scenario? Yeah, so it's it's actually not very complicated. Like, orthodontic work needs to go to the orthodontist. And then it's up to the orthodontist to decide, do I charge for that? What do I charge for new scan? Do they need orthodontics or do they just need a new scan? I mean, that's a conversation, right? Mm-hmm. Do you want to hold your teeth right where they are? I see you've, you've had some changes because it sounds right. like you didn't wear your retainer. Um, going back into treatment is, you know, it involves this, you know, whatever it is. Um, so on our side, we're sort of agnostic, you know, however we get the scans, our goal is to just service the orthodontic offices, right? Gotcha. So you refer them back to your partners. Yeah. So the inter- to be clear, there's no, like, you know, you guys don't offer aligners or anything. We do patients. not move teeth. Real. Yeah. Thanks for clarifying that. Yeah. No, we're a hundred percent. We do not move teeth. We only support orthodontists to hold teeth where they are in that position and support them by just helping their patients replace the retainers to maintain those results. It would be our dream if those court cases just don't happen anymore. You know, I love the model because like you said, I feel like it is a win-win-win, right? So for the patients, they have sort of that Amazon-like service where they can just go online, click, they want to replace a retainer, shows up a couple days later, right? Right. You know, for the doctor's office, they're getting free retainers. It handles a lot of that hassle and cuts down on the retainer checks. Right. And then from your perspective, you know, you're cashing in on almost like the consumable side, right? Right. So, you know, I think about like my Nespresso coffee maker or my Sonicare toothbrush, you know, that actually buying the item is less expensive than constantly replacing the parts. So, yeah, I mean, obviously it's win, win, win. And we only win when the orthodontist wins and when the patient wins. But there's even more to it than that. So it's the free end of treatment retainers. It's saving time in the office, right, for less retainer visits because you can outsource this portion of retention, just regular retainer replacement, which generally isn't profitable. I I like to ask orthodontists, you know, when they say to me, oh, I make a lot of money on replacement retainers. Great. Like how much? And almost nobody can answer that question. They're like, (laughs) it's a lot. You know, in general, the goodwill, the marketing, the free time and the free retainers greatly replaces that amount for most orthodontists in most situations. And then the last one is marketing. So every package that comes to the patient, when the first thing they do when they open it up is they see marketing from their office. Oh, great. We joke about this one that if you've ever done email marketing in your office, you know, like a one, two, three percent open rate's pretty exciting. <laughs> it um, is like two percent. Right. right. We brag we have a hundred percent open rate on this marketing piece. Everyone's gonna open a package with their Box, name on it yeah. and their retainer inside, and the first thing they see is their office. So it reminds them amongst the noise of all the other things going on that they're seeing on the internet, direct-to-consumer stuff, who their favorite orthodontist is and who's taking care of them long after the treatment's complete. When we come back, in just a moment, we learn about another aspect of Blair's product line, as well as chat about, of all things, podcasting. 
Stay with us. You're listening to the Illuminate Orthodontic Podcast. What if you came in Monday morning, looked at the schedule, and every appointment was as simple as an aligner visit? With Stride Custom Braces by KL Owen, you can leverage your investment in digital workflow to grow your practice, address staffing challenges, and find more hours in your day. Why Stride? Stride Custom Digital gives precise control in all three orders using a kit of 27 patented braces, empowering orthodontists with nearly infinite bracket combinations, advanced AI software, and true straight wire mechanics. To request a Stride Custom Demo, go to kloembraces.com. Mention the Illuminate Podcast and receive five free cases with your Stride Starter Pack with complete team training. Terms and conditions may apply. And we're back to our conversation with Dr. Blair Feldman. Now, Blair, you guys have another product too, correct? Yeah, so basically we only make two things at our lab in Scottsdale. We make clear Essex-style retainers and then custom sports mouthguards, and that's Mouthguard Club. So Mouthguard Club came out of a program we used to do in our office. I, I learned to make custom sports mouthguards from who I think is like the guru of custom sports mouthguards. If you guys have a Drew Fomat in your office, you probably heard something from Ray Padilla. Mm-hmm. Ray's the team general dentist for like all the teams in LA, the Galaxy, the US Olympic team. I'll probably guess these things wrong, but I know it's been many different teams over the years. Mm-hmm. And he's done a lot of work with Essex and, and how to make custom sports mouthguards. They're not super hard. If you have them in your office, you could do it. I used to do it. And it was funny. The idea for Mouthguard Club came out of a story I was telling Craig, my partner, about a Mouthguard event that we would have at our office. And Mouthguard events were my favorite new patient generating tool because they were easy to do. They were fun. They made so much goodwill in the community. And if you think about it, like who's the right person to give a custom oral appliance to a person? Who is that? It's the orthodontist, right? Like we give custom removable oral appliances every day. Like why wouldn't you give a sports mouth guard to a patient? I know the reason. The reason is because you don't know how much to charge. You don't know how to have them design it. Your lab doesn't know how much to charge you because they don't do many of them. We've sort of answered all those questions with mouth guard club. And the story was basically we had a local high school football team come in. And those days we were doing impressions. We impressed everybody. We made mouth guards for them. And I told Craig and I showed him some pictures of the mouth guards and, and I showed him some pictures of the event. And he said, oh, did you get any new patients out of it? I said, yeah, I think I got like four um, out of the team of 50 or something or 40, whatever the team was. And he goes, how much was that worth to you? And I said, I think it was worth like $20,000 of production. And he goes, well, how much did it cost? I was like, a lot. And he goes, like how much? And I said, I think it cost like $3,000, like of my staff time and my chair time. And he goes, I don't get it. And I said, what don't you get? And he goes, you said you paid $3,000 to get $20,000 of production. Why wouldn't you keep doing that? And I said, you're not listening to me. It was like expensive and a ton of time. Like my staff hated me in the morning. He goes, okay, okay, forget the staff part. What if somebody did it for you for $3,000 or even less? Would you pay $3,000 to get $20,000? And I'm not smart in business. Like that's why I became an orthodontist. Uh, That's why I sold my practices. And everyone's like, oh, why don't you just own and manage them, whatever. But I, I finally put it together. I was like, you're right. If somebody could do that, that would be amazing. Like I would do that. And that's sort of mouth guard club, bringing teams into your office. What better way can you bring 20 to 30 athletes into your office, show them your office, scan, show them the scanning, have them ask questions about their teeth, introduce them to, you know, the greatest orthodontist in town, you, and maybe start some cases along the way. Maybe find family members, other children in the family that need orthodontics. 
while at the same time giving them something they're going to love. If they've ever had a boil and bite mouth guard, which is like the worst consumer experience ever. Oh, yeah. Here, here's a piece of plastic. Shove it in boiling water. Oh, guess what? And <laughs> shove it in your mouth. Why don't you rip out your chest hair while you're at it along the way? Like, you know, like here's a mouth guard, like versus a 3D scan. And it just comes and you try it in. They're like, oh my God, this fits so good. It's so great. And we could do it over braces. People ask, can you do it over braces? We can. They can't be as retentive, obviously, because they have to have blocked out for right, the braces. Right. And we've got to make room for tooth movement. They, we can make them. They're still better than a boil and bite, but they're really the best ones are when, you know, their teeth are done in that final position. They get a great fitting mouth guard. Awesome. So, so let me clarify something. Yeah. So with retainer club, the patient is paying retainer club right. with mouth guard club. They're paying the doctor in the practice. Is that right? Or um, no mouth guard clubs is a similar way. The difference, the main difference between the two is retainer club is a subscription program and mouth guard okay. club is kind of a one-off program. Both. We were trying to make it simple, make it consumer friendly pricing while at the same time giving value to the offices. So to me, Retainer Club is a post-ortho program that brings free endotreatment sure. retainers and all the benefits, you know, efficiencies and things like that. Mouthguard Club is, is a new patient generating like phenom. Bring these athletes in, provide the best mouthguard. And so, and we do all that service for you. We've answered the tough questions. There's four main questions you have to answer about a custom sports mouthguard as a consumer. Mm-hmm. Boil and bite versus custom. Custom's way better, right? Oh yeah. Is $99 a good deal? Yeah. It's going to be two or 300 bucks if you go somewhere else, Right. How do I design it? Like, I, I agree that custom's better. I agree 99's a good deal. How do I design it? We've got a designer. We've got an app. You can go to our website. You can go right now, mouthguardclub.com slash personalize and design the mouthguard. It's really cool and fun to play with. And then how do I get it? You know, do I get it at the office? And that's up to the office. Do you want them delivered to the office? Do you want to deliver them further kind of continuing that touch point? Or do you want it to go right to the patient with a business card, with your marketing in there? That's mouthguard. Gotcha. Club. So on a mouthguard club event. Right. Do the practices charge for the scan or are they simply just getting patients and give them like an office tour? Yeah, good question. I mean, I don't usually recommend that they charge for the scan for that. I do recommend for Retainer Club that they do charge for the scan. We recommend $100 for the scan. Okay. Um, For Martha Club, I don't recommend they charge for the scan. I do recommend that they charge the athletes something, even if they want to subsidize it. We learn the hard way. They mean, charge zero, zero value, right? Mm -hmm. Um, But if you charge like 20 bucks for it and, you know, pay the difference, the lab fee to MouthGuard Club... Um, they'll come on, they'll pick them up. They'll have a, you know, a stronger sort of affinity for what this is. Sure. Sure. And just to go back the hundred dollars for the scan for retainer club, that would be a new patient to the office, just seeking a retainer, right? Yeah, not, so, not your patients in treatment. So I assume you're not charging them a hundred dollars. First of all, we don't, that goes a hundred percent to the office, those mm-hmm. scan fees. That's your work. Mm-hmm. You know, you do, you handle that how you want. Where it comes from often is two places. One, your current patients that come back in the new scan, that's up to you. I don't have a strong feeling whether you charge or not. I think it's cool if you charge because it is a service you're doing. But I understand that you know sometimes we want to really service these older patients and a scan takes five minutes and a $5 scanner sleeve and whatever. But the ones that come from our marketing, so when anytime we market to consumers, they have to go to one of our partner offices. Right. So you have like a doctor locator. We right? have a doctor locator. And so what's really interesting, what I think is really powerful is you do not have in your office right now a $99 product. you got a 2000 maybe, a 3000 maybe, a 5000 maybe a 10 depending on what part of the country you're in. $99 product for someone to see an orthodontist to come into an office is an incredibly attractive consumer number. Mm-hmm. They go, maybe I'll go in now. Instead of going and getting this direct-to-consumer impression kit, maybe I'll go see this orthodontist. Because I do need a new retainer, but we want our office to ask one really powerful question. Are you looking to hold your teeth where they are, or do you want to see changes? And the typical answer I hear is, well, I want a retainer, but I want it to move this tooth. And so that's when you come in. That's when the beauty happens. You know, you go, so retainers hold teeth. They don't move teeth. Orthodontists move teeth. And I can do that for you. And here's a couple of great options for you. So now you have a captive audience, right? 
No, I, I think that's wonderful because, you know, I offer retainer exams in my practice. I don't mind making retainers for someone that may be relocated to the area, but some orthodontists will not touch patients yeah. that, you know, just you know, want a retainer, basically. Right. And many, many are in that category, and I get it. You know, you don't want to take that potential liability. But listen, first of all, we have a waiver, and the waiver basically says, I'm here for a scan, and, and you should look at the patient. You should ask a few important, like, common sense questions, right? Like, do you have any dental work coming up, teeth that are fractured or bothering you? Like, those would be red flags. Those do not get scanned. You ultimately decide. We don't want everybody as a retainer club patient, right? Mm-hmm. We only want the good ones. And so in the worst case scenario that I'm telling you about, our marketing sends the patient to your office. The worst case scenario is they pay your office 100 bucks for the scan. You've got somebody who loves your office who thinks you're a fair charger of fees because of a retainer. You know, it's, they can go to you know, somewhere else, direct to consumer, and get it for about the same price. But now they've seen your office. Now they refer it. Hey, guess what? Do you have any friends or family? Here's some great marketing opportunities. Let me introduce you to my treatment coordinator. She's amazing. You know, all those things you Definitely can Definitely gets people in the door, right? Exactly. And if you get that... Retainer Club might be a great solution for you. If you don't get that, if you if you feel like you've got this covered in your office, great. Let's talk about sports mouth guards. Have you ever done these? Have you ever offered them? If you have not, I think it's my favorite new patient marketing tools. It's pretty easy and it's fun to do for your team to support these athletes. Yeah. And it's a new channel of new patients, you know, that really people have sort of not touched, you know, sports mouth guards. Fantastic. Well, I wish you a lot of luck with my idea. Thank you. Uh, thank I, you hope I, I hope I hope I do it justice. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, 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 that's really my aim is to take your idea and do well with it. Yeah. And, so you, you've and, done a good job with that, Blair. And if so, if you don't want to become a retainer club partner, it's because you're hurting Chris. You're not yeah. hurting me. <laughs> <laughs> so at this point, I want to talk a little bit about podcasting because you have your own podcast. Yeah. I mean, as you can tell, I mean, I don't mind speaking. Um, <laughs> I, I mean. I got some ideas. I'm older now. I guess my kids tell me I make dad jokes all the time. And, and so Craig and I, it's funny, Craig and I, first of all, love talking to people. So do you want to talk about orthodox stuff? You come chat with me. You want to talk about business stuff and all the amazing things Craig's done along the way. And Craig's story, I mean, he's been on many podcasts, like all different realms. He's been on business podcasts. He's actually been on Fox News. He's been on CNN. This was in his old days. But Craig's experience is incredible. But if you want to talk about how you can take that business and, and think about it in your orthodontic space, Craig's, you know, a great, interesting person. So we sort of feel like we're a little different in that space. We're combining sort of our two voices and our two brains to help orthodontists see that sort of aspect of business and consumer products in that space. And if, if that feels good, if you like that sound, which is not as good as the Illuminate Orthodontic podcast, we, we've oh, got hisses on. and bumps and we don't have cool intros and music, but it's still fun. <laughs> I think it's fun. And I love your podcast. It, I listen to it all the time. And <laughs> you are so witty and I enjoy it. And you and Craig have such a great dynamic and band. We really love each other. I mean, Craig's told me a few interesting things. I never had a partner as an orthodontist. Mm-hmm. Um, I've had associates and I've had orthodontists that I've worked with and a pediatric dentist that I work with. And those are great, but I've never had somebody who has a completely different skill set, who's also an old friend, who also believes in this win-win-win. You have to really have that lined up, and Craig and I truly do everything we think of and design has to be win-win-win, and Craig has a great comment about partnership that he says, you know, of course the highs are higher when you have a partner, but the lows are higher too, and that's what, you know, we as orthodontists want to try and stay away from, and as humans, we want to stay away from those lows and make those lows higher. And I think partnership's been like that for me. Yeah. And you guys each bring your own unique perspective. Obviously, you know, Craig is a former patent attorney, right. and an entrepreneur, and right. he's the orthodontist. So it'd be different if it was just two orthodontist right. co-hosts, right? Yeah. So we do. We love talking. We love chatting. We love hearing great stories. We're both like huge fans of great stories, whether it's sharing what we're watching on Netflix or Hulu or reading, the, you know, a book. I mean, I can go on and on about Craig, but I mean, just for fun, here's a few things. I'll lay this out because you're going to want to listen to the podcast and want to talk to Craig at some point. 
Craig has written a book that has a foreword written by the former prime minister of Israel. Not too bad. Yeah, not too shabby. That book was picked up and made, part of it were made into a movie by Nancy Spielberg, Steven Spielberg's sister. Not too bad. Um, he's got a second book coming out on a similar subject. That's pretty amazing. So we've got two books out there with his brother. He's got patents. Craig um, has, I was telling you earlier, he's had investors and he's, you know, worked with people. He, we've got an email on our wall at our new facility in Scottsdale from Elon Musk. Not too bad. Yeah. Dear Craig. You know, I love that. <laughs> um, not too shabby. So Craig's an interesting guy. And, and I think it's that combination that I think we can help. And that's our mission. I mean, our mission is sort of to help Orthodox navigate sort of these interesting, challenging times from a business perspective and bring, you know, that win, win, win to your office and your patients. Yeah, you guys have had some great episodes. Thanks. So everyone should check it out. Uh, I appreciate it. Yeah, it's called the Wet Finger Orthodontist (laughs) on uh, iTunes and Spotify. We we changed the name in case you didn't know. We changed it to to the In Your Face Podcast. In Your Face Podcast. Now, where'd you come up with the name? Uh, I think it was just Craig and I laughing. I mean, we, that's the other thing too. We make each other laugh all the time. We say stuff that he says crazy stuff to me. I say stuff to him. And, um, in your face was like, it was actually basketball, like in your face. Well, yeah, like basketball in your face, but but we were actually thinking about our mouth guards. Um, and we actually believe it. And this is one of the funny things of working with a former patent attorney. We have a number of patents right now. It's pretty Mm -hmm. cool. I I like that. You have patents. I have have patents now. You got patents. I got patents. You got patents. (laughs) Patents are not too bad. Um, and then we got trademarks. Um, one of our trademarks is in your face. Believe it or not. I saw that. Yeah. Yeah. You saw that. That's weird. (laughs) But in your face. I did my research. You really did. Um, I'm not surprised. Um, and thank God you're holding back all the other stuff you found. Um, but in your face was like the mouth guards that you could actually put a message in when you kind of smile at your oh, opponent. Okay, cool, the cool, message cool. is in your face. And that oh, was where it came from. I like that. Yeah. And I, and I love the cover art because it's you guys just like cracking up. On yeah. That. yeah we, I mean, it's fun. It really is nice. Yeah. So check it out. So let me ask you this. What are some of your favorite podcasts, whether orthodontic or yeah. non, non-dental? Great question. I mean, um, I mean, there's a million orthodontic ones and dental related ones that I think are amazing. I like you. I'm, I'm, I know we're scratching each other's backs right here, but I'm like a huge audiobook listener. And so is Craig. It's funny. We, we both sort of brag that we're illiterate and we can only like have stories read to us since we were little. I've become a critic. It's funny. Becoming a critic is like a theme we talk about a lot. I feel like you become a critic in orthodontics of results, right? Mm-hmm. And photography. And you like, you judge when you see a speaker, like of their results, of their photography. Yeah, I never but, thought of it that way. But, but it's but an yeah. artistry. It's not just a critic because critic is all negative. I like positive. My mom would say, if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say it, right? <laughs> um, so I like to say something positive. I feel like you appreciate that. Same with, with podcasts. I feel like... You know, you hear a style and a messaging and a voice and, and then there's music. And, and so like, that's why I love this podcast. Oh, I think it's great. So um, we'll put some music behind this. My, my, <laughs> my most recent favorite one, which I'm sure you have lots of people listening to is Throughline on NPR. Throughline is I've music. heard of it, but I had, Oh, it's yeah. so good. What's that one about? It's stories from these two, a man and a woman, and they tell these amazing stories. They look at a point in history and they sort of look, or a current event, mm-hmm. and they look at historically, how did we get to this point? And I've learned like crazy amounts of interesting facts and stories. And then I think they're both musicians or he's a musician and he composes all the music for the mm-hmm. podcast, which is just like, what? You do that too? Wow. Um, so I love that one. And it's just, it's just everything. And then older ones, Serial was super fun. Oh, you know, yeah. the, the Adnan Saeed, whatever story. That was awesome. And I'm not usually a murder guy. It's funny. I feel like since COVID, a few things have changed for me. Like one of them is I can only watch comedy. I can't watch serious movies. I can watch sci-fi, but I can't, but I got to watch comedy. So I watch a lot of comedy stuff. 
um, a lot of Jim Gaffigan. And then um, <laughs> got into cocktails and wine, I feel like. You know, that was therapeutic during COVID. Oh, let's, uh, well, let's circle back to the cocktails. Thank you. Let's yeah, bring it full circle I, here yeah. as we, uh, we we bring this around. Cause so so favorite important. cocktail to mix at home? Yeah. What do you got So um, my favorite current, because I think it changes, right? Mm-hmm. So my favorite current cocktail is something that I tried at a local restaurant in Scottsdale called a prickly pear gin buck. Um, yeah, you were telling me a little bit about this. Yeah. So yeah, not describe only, it for the listeners. Not only, I will. Not only is it tasty, it's delicious, um, a little sweet. It doesn't have that, you know, Campari issue that I have with, you know, your Negroni Yeah, over there. he doesn't want my Negroni. No, but, um, but it's gorgeous looking. It's three-colored layer, and that comes from the fact that there's only three ingredients in there. There's uh, prickly pear syrup, which is red, that goes in first quarter ounce, I believe, if we're putting recipes on there. And then you fill up a tall glass. Was it a Collins glass? You're the yeah, mixologist. Yeah, highball or high Collins. Ball, right. Yeah. Um, with ginger beer, which I kind of like ginger beer. I think okay. it's a fun Which flavor. ginger beer do you use? Do you um, make your own? Or so, you... I mean, um, Tree Fever is okay. great. Yeah, yeah, that's a great one. Can't go wrong. There's another one we tried. It's an Australian one. I, the name is slipping me right now, but it comes in a really cool uh, glass Okay, I don't think I've seen that one. Buddha something. And then you top it off with my new favorite alcohol, which is uh, the Empress Gin, which if you've seen it before, it's bluish purple. Yeah. Um, and I guess it's made from a. I had to look it up because I didn't understand. Figured that it was I just. I still like don't understand it. Blue dye number, whatever blue dye is. Yeah. Um, but it's this butterfly pea flower, which if you look at the flower, it makes sense. The flower sounds kind psychedelic, of doesn't it? It sounds psychedelic. And it sounds highly unnatural, but um, I supposedly it's a real thing that they do. And so it's know. like a, yeah, it's like a plant, right? Yeah, it's a, a flower. It's, oh. a, it's a flower. Oh. So and gin is what juniper. So it's got all those notes. It's my favorite drink. And the other thing I love is any riff, more or less, on an old fashioned. So can't go wrong with that. Right. Smoked old fashioned, I think, is my newest favorite. You guys have smokers out there? Have you tried that? I, you know, I I've had smoked old fashions, but I've never done it at home. Yeah. Um, so do you actually have like the wood kit? I don't. You... I have it uh, on my wish list on Amazon. So uh, okay. you know, if anybody I'll have wants to, to get me from yeah, it, yeah. Uh, no, they're they're so cool. And I've seen like all versions of smoking. You can smoke the ice cubes. You can smoke the drink. You can smoke the the cherry, and even just mess with some combination. So I think that's pretty cool. So obviously, I was a little bored during COVID, not going out. We didn't go out much. <laughs> Um, we, uh, got into cocktails. We messed around. I think I took a master class. I watched some stuff, the fancy free. That's another riff on the, uh, old fashioned with Luxardo instead of simple syrup. Okay. Or, uh, haven't even heard of that one. Oh, it's so You're good. teaching me stuff. Now. Oh man. It's from the master guys. You guys have probably done this too. I know orthodox are all out there watching this stuff and it's, it's cool. But, uh, yeah, the fancy free is terrific. And, uh, yeah, we drink a lot of wine, drink a lot of cocktails. Uh, so if this is a non-drinking crowd, I apologize. Um, drinking's bad. Don't do it. And we're going to end on that, folks. But if you want to learn more about Blair, Retainer Club, Mouthguard Club, and the In Your Face podcast, let's give them some websites to go to. Yeah, so it's pretty simple. RetainerClub.com, MouthguardClub.com. Oh, wow. Uh, Very creative. Your, I actually, thank you. I, don't, <laughs> I actually don't even remember the URL. I think, oh, the, the uh, In Your Face podcast is on our blog. on, on the uh, Yeah, um, and I think you're on all the, the platforms. Too, we're on right? all the platforms and, uh, you know. Thank you so much for having me. This is fun. This I've been, I've been fun. looking forward to this. This was good. Yeah. I enjoyed it. Thank you for joining me today, Blair. Uh, hope you had a great time here in, uh, time. in freezing cold Orlando. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and cheers to you, my friend. Cheers. That's all for this episode of the Illuminate Orthodontic Podcast. If you're a fan of the show, I would greatly appreciate if you could leave me a rating or a review on Apple Podcasts. Also, please make sure you subscribe or follow Illuminate on your favorite podcast app. Special thanks to our sponsors for this episode. That's 3M Oral Care and Kale Owen Stride Custom Braces. And finally, a huge thanks to my podcast team who'll be joining us in Miami for Illuminate Live. 
Yes, that's Skylar Adler behind the boards and Tom O'Grady on the Fender Rhodes electric piano. Thanks so much for listening to the Illuminate Orthodontic Podcast. To hear exclusive outtakes, suggest a guest, or sponsor an episode, head over to IlluminateOrthoPodcast.com. Until next time, this is Dr. Chris Seta, signing off. <laughs>